Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM presents highlights of the AFT Retirees Chapter Luncheon. Now, let's take you to Rowan University's Alumni Engagement Center. One of the things that's always interesting in being a master of ceremonies is um, dealing with change. This is the first time that I've been in this particular section of Spean Hall since um, 1978. And that was a time that my daughter actually went to this building. It was called Academy Street School. And this is, you know, where she was at um, at that point in time. All right, what I'm going to do right now is to introduce um, some of the people that are here. First of all, I would like to thank a, a person who, when we were in a struggle a week ago and didn't have a room to meet in, because as many of you drove down 322, you, you realize that the student center is not finished. We were supposed to be in student center room 221. Okay, it was impossible to do that because the building is still being uh, constructed, the addition to the building, and that's why we couldn't meet there. And the uh, lady that's sitting right here, I'd like to introduce her and have her being given a, a little hand of applause, is Jessica Porch. She's the assistant director of university events, and she's done one heck of a job getting us into a meeting room. Let's give a hand to, to Jessica. And uh, Dr. Hushman had to leave, but anytime I want to talk to Dr. Hushman, he's always, uh, I always have an ear, and that's R.J. Tallarita, who's sitting right there at the table. This, that he's, our, he's our ambassador to the university's administration. <laughs> also, yes, please. <laughs> okay. Um, as far as uh, people, okay, and one of the things I, I want you to know is right now, this is an, on a podcast. Uh, this is being uh, taped by um, radio station 89.7 WGLS-FM, and uh, you'll be able to listen to everything that happened uh, after we're finished. Okay, the members of the uh, the board, uh, the executive board that are here right now, uh, sitting at the head table on, the, uh, on my far left is um, Dr. Tony Lohman, who's our provost, and he'll be speaking to us later. Uh, next to him is uh, Chuck Linderman. He's our new executive vice president. Uh, sitting next to Chuck is Julie Mallory. She is our vice president for political issues. One of the things that we might be doing a little bit more this year is actually sending you uh, more information about things that we all should be interested in. Uh, looking around the room, uh, there's our corresponding uh, secretary, uh, Larry DePasquale. Larry, put up your hand. Okay. One of the things that we had to create this year, and it was mostly because uh, we no longer had room in people's houses to store all of our um, history, is an archivist. And I'd like you to welcome the first archivist for our association, Holly Willett. Okay, uh, some of the advice that we've gotten uh, throughout um, my administration is a past president of the local, and that's uh, Nick Diabilda. All right, someone that has, um, that shares a birthday with me actually, and takes care of, of all of our finances is Mike Miller, our treasurer. Uh, some of the reasons that some people come to our Zoom sessions is because of the program, the person who's planning the program every month 
is our program director, Jay Chaskis. Okay, and somewhere uh, uh, standing up, like she usually does, she's because she's a stand-up lady, is Tony Lero, and she's in charge of our communications. She's what gives us uh, both class and well-written information that people, you know, have a much higher evaluation of us. So a hand to Tony Lero. Okay, I think I've gotten everybody. Um, what I'm going to do now is before we eat lunch, I'm going to give um, Tony Lohman a chance to make a presentation. Tony Lohman, our provost. Uh, we heard uh, the grand vision from Dr. Hushman before he, he came. He had to leave us, but uh, maybe I can, I can fill in uh, a little bit more of what's, what's going on. I, having Chuck up here kind of uh, changes things for me. Um, Chuck and I walked in together my first day of the office. Uh, January of 2013. Yeah, so I still view myself as kind of the new guy around here, but I realize it's, it's probably not not that way anymore. Uh, given that I have a, a retiree to my right who spent a lot of time in my office, uh, good and bad. Uh, <laughs> he could have been my first introduction as a dean to AFT problems. <laughs> Maybe it was why I had to get uh, get grieved less by AFT in my first year managerial review. But uh, I learned a lot. From, from Chuck. And then we got Stu Slater out here, who was actually, as an engineer, was one of the faculty members that I saw in engineering when I was deciding if I wanted to, to, to move over to Rowan and, and lead the College of Engineering. So it's kind of changed my remarks today because I have a little bit thinking, you know, wow, I've been here 10 years, but it's probably nothing like the service that, that a lot of you have given and, and how important keeping your ties are and keeping that, that next generation, you know, engaged in, in moving forward. I, I think about listening to Jerry's remarks before he had to run off to, to class and now we got John sitting here and Joe is I can't tell if Joe's just late as usual or if he <laughs> might have another class. But uh, but having those three as the leaders uh, in AFT and the group that we work with, I think it's allows us to get a lot done. And and I think one of the reasons we're able to do what we can and uh, drive forward with these, what some people might call crazy goals, but I think are realistic goals of, of really becoming the university of the future is because we have a great working relationship with, with our AFT. And uh, we, we might hit a snag here or there, but, but it's nothing we can't get past and, and really drive forward with great things. So, so all the things are happening. You know, research research is thriving. The medical schools are 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 thriving. Our enrollment's thriving. The question I think we talked about last year, but it's getting closer and closer and closer. Is we're going to have a vet school very soon, which is really going to differentiate us. Has really created a a buzz in our community. I think just about every little kid you see wants to be a veterinarian, and 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 someday soon, very very soon, this this is going to be a reality at at Rowan. Just a couple of highlights of that, that that shows that it's really moving forward. Uh, we just enrolled 10 first-year students in the College of Science and Math that are on the pre-vet track, and they all have provisional acceptance into the class of 2026. They'll be doing a three plus four uh, BS to DVM degree. So we actually have students, if you can believe it, all, all great kids from, from South Jersey who, who want to pursue the vet school. Um, we're operating the county shelter right up here on Delcy Drive. 
So pretty soon you'll be seeing the Rowan Vet signs out there. Um, yep, so we're doing practices and, and if you haven't seen them already, you'll see our mobile trucks doing large animal equine services out in the community. So the vet school is up, up and running and, and, and really driving everything forward. On the rest of campus, um, the numbers are great. Our, our undergraduate portfolio continues, I think, to our undergraduate um, demographics continue to, to shift. Um, we're starting to see a good diversity in our classes finally and really breaking some barriers we have with recruitment and, and retentions of different groups. So we're very, we're very proud of that. And we welcomed the largest incoming cohort of, of new faculty that we have in quite some time. We brought in 52 new faculty across, across the board. Um, that was quite a large welcome. And we expect to have a class that we're gonna be hiring for this year pretty close to that size, meaning in the two-year period, we might have added almost 100 new faculty, which is, I think, uh, for some of our people here, that, that's, that's a great infusion of, of new talent. So just a lot going on, a lot to be excited about. Um, I wish we were next door to the new student center right now, but um, it's moving along slowly. So hopefully next year, this meeting could be in that exciting new student center. Um, yeah, with that, I think I'll, uh, I'll close. It's just a great time to be here. We're going to carry on the legacy and build on the foundation that this group set and just look forward to seeing great things that, as Dr. Hushman said, you can be very, very proud of that your institution is doing. Okay, if you look at the program, obviously we're a little bit out of kilter. Uh, but one of the things that we were going to do is that we do have a centennial celebration. I don't believe that the cake has been cut yet. Uh, while we, everybody was talking, Dr. Hushman and the oldest member of our chapter, which would be Ed Wolf, posed for a picture, and uh, we've, we cut the cake, and we'll be able to see that picture in our newsletter. But at this point in time, I'd like to uh, introduce Tony Libro, who had a reading for us. Tony? Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> Thank you, Harold. So good to see you all. Thank you, Pat, for carrying everything in. <laughs> Um, I'm going to do a reading from More Than Cold Stone, and I'm going to take you back to the very first day, September the 4th, 1923, and what that was like. This is from the prologue of More Than Cold Stone by Dean Robert Bull, and I understand that we have a brand new issue of this book, and if you haven't read it, you really need to get a hold of it. I dip in and out of it all the time, and I so enjoy it. And now it's even online with the Centennial website that we have going. So you can just scroll on your computer <laughs> as well as hold the book. So here it is, prologue. And he establishes the state of the country at that time. So this is what the first reference is. This was the state of the Union and portions of the world when Glassboro Normal School opened its first doors to a small band of would-be teachers. The time was Tuesday, September the 4th, 1923, the day after a long Labor Day weekend, and on that morning, 
The usual scores of east and west bound trains chugged to a stop at the Glassboro Railroad Station in the Chestnut Ridge section of town. On that particular morning, a stream of young women flowed out of the passenger cars. The young ladies reflected the styles of the times. Some of the younger girls showing a preference for plaid skirts and midi-type blouses adorned with scarf-like kerchiefs suspended from their neck. For the most part, however, the newcomers were conservatively dressed and garbed in single-piece, loose-fitting dresses. Whatever the particular dress, the apparel had two common features. The dresses were ankle-length and the necklines were high, <laughs> reaching chin-level height. On this morning, the girls were oblivious to onlooker stares. Their gazes fixed northward to a handsome colonial-type structure about 150 yards away. Resolutely, they made their way to the building, crossing Whitney Avenue and walking along a broad concrete pavement, canopied by oak trees growing on both sides of the walk. As they approached the colonial building, they made a left turn onto a dirt-coated driveway, which led to the front entrance. Here, they climbed eight marble steps and passed through four ionic-topped columns into the building itself. Following instructions given them earlier, the young ladies proceeded to a large auditorium and took seats fastened down only the day before. They did not have long to wait, for shortly after the 236 students had seated themselves, a group of dignified, mature-looking adults, 13 women and three men, took seats on the auditorium platform. In their wake, a tall man, two inches above six feet, strode into view and placed himself at the speaker's podium. This was an imposing-looking man. He wore a black suit, high starched collar, supporting a necktie kept in place by a large-sized stick pin. His visage was on the grim side. To the young ladies seated in front of him, his lips pressed closely together, his full mustache neatly trimmed, and his high forehead from which thinning hair was in receding stage were marks of a man of considerable intelligence high principles, and firm resolve. <laughs> the man behind the podium introduced himself. Next, he presented the 16 adults on the platform. Then he launched into pains of praise for the new building, describing the high quality of its construction. And in no uncertain terms, he told his audience, I expect this fine building 25 years from now to be in the same excellent condition that it is in today. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
The tall man in the black suit went on to stress the importance of education and teacher preparation in particular. Following these remarks, he explained that the practical mechanics of getting on with the job, making out class schedules, locating rooms, even then, and securing textbooks. Thus ended Glassboro's first assembly. The man behind the podium was Jaron J. Savitz, the normal school's principal, and the 16 adults he had introduced were Glassboro's first faculty members. And so it was. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, uh, you've got a piece of yellow uh, paper in front of you. Um, I hope that you know this. Larry DePasquale is going to lead us in the singing of our alma mater. Alma mater, admit, thank you Larry, uh, that I did not sing the alma mater enough. Uh, if you've ever seen that the music show where they, you have to, you can read the first five lines of a song and then suddenly you're supposed to sing the others. <laughs> okay. 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 Definitely. All right. Um, I'm going to introduce uh, Chuck Linderman who's going to give us an introduction. Um, I would like to say when I I heard the thing about to love thee too fondly to die. I'd like to uh, remember um, Barbara Chamberlain, uh, who would have wanted to be here, and I'm very sorry about her passing. Uh, another person who uh, is still alive, but you know is not here, is Rose Glassberg. Uh, Rose had a fall in her apartment in Lionsgate. She broke her leg. Uh, Rose is in the hospital right now. Uh, when I have uh, information about her uh, return to home for rehab, I will share it with everybody who would like to, you know, to remember Rose. Uh, 
And uh, I was shocked this morning, um, and, and this this hit home very much with me. Uh, Andy Prieto and his wife, and uh, Pete, uh, now I freaking, totally forget his name, were on a cruise. Uh, all four of them caught COVID, and Andy has passed. Uh, so it, it just happened. It just happened. I just found out this morning. So, you know, a special remembrance for Andy, um, who also was a, a great science faculty member at, at this institution. Uh, I know, Chuck, that's a horrible introduction, <laughs> but, 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 but Chuck is going to make an, an introduction to us before we go. Chuck? Uh, hello, everybody. I took a little bit more of a historical perspective on things, and I would like to first say welcome to AFT um, Retirees Chapter Luncheon. I appreciate everybody that's here. Um, you know, in 1923, as we just had a great intro to what happened back then, and in the context of what President uh, uh, Hostman and, and Tony were talking about uh, as far as the growth of the institution, back in those days, you had 236 students came to Rowan. Uh, 226 were females and 10 were uh, males. And so now we're talking about potentially 40,000 students and uh, 12,000 employees. That's quite a change over 100 years. Been 100 years, but it's been phenomenal growth for the institution and for those who actually have led that growth. That would be, and I cannot go out without stressing the importance of uh, Al Taylor and, uh, and um, Rose Glassberg, the phenomenal input they had into the institution that it is today. So uh, there are memorable events that took place, uh, that which we, ha we have to, I think we always will be cognizant of. Well, Henry and Betty Rowan donated $100 million. Here we are today talking about 40,000 students. Quite amazing. That was only, what, 26, 27 years ago, approximately. Something to be quite proud of. I'm looking forward to the day for 40,000. We'll have to have another lunch event. I'm always game for food, by the way. That's a reputation I can take with me, proudly. Um, None of this could have happened without the dedication of the staff and faculty who came before us. So I'd like to give a shout out to them, as well as those who unfortunately couldn't be with us today, and for those of you that are. Uh, we are the, you were and you are the foundation which Rowan is built upon. And we can never forget that, all the hard work everybody put in. Uh, so I got to thinking about what I was going to say about, um, you always hear the uh, people giving speeches about on their shoulders or those that come before us. Where did that actually come from? So I kind of like a little bit of a history buff. I went and checked into it. And um, evidently, um, John, Salisbury, uh, John of Salisbury in 1159, uh, John wrote in his medical object, I probably did not pronounce that right, Bernardo of Chartres used to compare us to dwarves perched on the shoulders of giants. He pointed out that we see more and further than our predecessors, not because, not that we have keener vision or greater heights, but because we are lifted up and borne aloft on their gigantic stature. I love that line. According to medieval historian Richard William Southern, Bernard was comparing the contemporary 12th century scholars to the ancient scholars of Greece and Rome. So I'm going to hand it back. Um, what is our future now, and, we'll, and that is on September 6th going forward? Well, things kind of got turned around here because some folks had to leave. Uh, I think Ollie already spoke to that future as well as Tony. <laughs> so 
So I'll just drop that one for my uh, commentary. Well, and thanks again, everybody. And thank All you, right. Harold. All right, thank you. I'm going to present both of you with a certificate that says, congratulations on your retirement from Rowan University and Ed McCulling on behalf of the AFT Retirees Chapter Local 2373 of Rowan University. We warmly welcome you into the chapter. We hope you will enjoy being a, charter, a chapter member and help to continue our mission of maintaining an active and productive community of Rowan retirees. Enjoy your re retirement. So this the first one's for Ned. Congratulations and welcome. Thank you very much. And the second one is exactly the same language. And for the people that know, this is Bob Scarp, our newest member. Thank you. I don't know about you, you've been sitting a long time just like me, and if you feel like it right now, I just encourage you to get up on your feet and give yourself a round of applause for being here. All right? So come on. Okay. Thank you, thank you. Okay. I just want to say that this has been a delight for me. I have not, I was not one to join um, the retiree chapter shortly after uh, retiring, and I've only been involved for like the last couple of years, though I retired seven years ago. Um, but it has been such a pleasure just to even be at the door greeting people. I got to meet Kelly Ha, whose husband I have known for several years as a member of the exec uh, uh, meeting with uh, uh, so many people. Tom Moynihan, I didn't even recognize him. He recognized me. So, uh, you know, it's a pleasure to see you today. Dr. Neff, who used to just be right across the hall uh, with his puppets uh, in Memorial Hall. It, it was a, a thrill to see you today. I've been to some of your programs and always enjoyed them. Just so many people. Annette McCulley, who was there from the very beginning uh, when I came to Rowan and uh, when it was GSC and was working in the counseling center and had to do so many programs for you. And I just want to say, Esther, if it had not been for Kelly letting me know about the number 23, I would have had that book. <laughs> okay. But I let it go. I let it go. All right. Actually, I got a very good book that I didn't know I was going to get when I was in Detroit. I just got back at Motown. The Motown, book of the history of Motown. Oh, wow. So, hope that book is good. Um, so, today I'm going to close out this momentous occasion with a few remarks. And first of all, I just want to say it's an opportunity and honor for me to be standing up here among so many, so many people who have done and contributed so much to Rowan University. I'm, I'm very proud of this group. Um, I want to say on this occasion that uh, I want to talk about this connection that I consider to be significant between three things. Okay, a young Jewish woman, a male Trinidadian who grew up in Harlem, and a group of dedicated seniors who, being full of their expensive lunch and fancy cake, are about to go home. 
So I will try to keep my remarks somewhat brief, and the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to try to stick to my script. I was going to talk off the cuff, but I'm going to try and stick to script so you can get out of here. Okay, so let me say, first of all, a little bit about this, this woman whose name was Esther, okay? And the book of Esther is named after her. And, uh, and she married a king, a Persian king, Ahasur, or something like that. I'm not sure. Thank you. I knew there'd be somebody in this room who would say that. Oh, all right. Said it. Okay. See, that's, that's what I like about this union, you know? Um, Lori, said, Lori said, and I had to agree with her, that, uh, that it always goes forward, and the way that it goes forward is what Rose said about the 1974 strike, is that because we care about each other and we support each other, and I couldn't have done that without you two. Thank you. Okay. So um, what I want to say then is uh, a little bit about this woman, uh, just that, first of all, that she married this Persian king, and as a Jew, she kept that a secret, and that's a part of the story. I'm not going to tell you the whole story. You can read the story for yourself. But what I want to say is a quote that comes from her cousin, Mordecai. Did say that one right, I hope. Okay. Uh, I want to give a little quote that came from her cousin Mordecai that says, he said something to this effect, and I'm using a version of the Bible to, to do this. I don't remember which version. She'll forgive me for that. But he said, don't think that just because you live in the king's house, you're the one Jew who will get out of this alive. If you persist in staying silent at a time like this, you and your family will be wiped out. Who knows? Maybe you were made for queen for such a time as this. So that's what I want to talk about, such a time as this, this time that we have right here, right now, in the 100th anniversary opportunity. Okay. I came to Rowan University in 1983, 63 years after Rowan was founded. Uh, and I rushed back, to, I'll never forget this, I rushed back to Glassboro, New Jersey on the eve of my birthday because the Board of Trustees had approved my appointment for the job, and I had to start the next day. So I had to take the first flight out of Chicago where I was celebrating. Uh, and when I came here, what I found out was that the university was in the process of hiring its next president, who at that time happened to be Dr. Herman James. Okay, And that was un unbeknownst to me, and uh, I was here for 33 years. So uh, from 1983, uh, I was here for, for 33 years, and one of the most important experiences that I had was to get to know Dr. Herman James and his contributions to this university. So I want to talk a little bit about him, the Trinidadian who grew up in Harlem. Okay. Um, there were a couple of things that happened to me when I came to Rowan. One was these two organizations that were very important in my career, um, they both reached out to me and in a very warm way and a very supportive way. And somebody, I believe it was um, uh, Gerald Haw, talked about mentoring. Mentoring was such an important aspect for me, and it's a role that I hope we will continue to play as retirees for this campus, is mentors. Um, the, the role um, that the people that, some of the people that I can name, you will know them, that helped me were Bill Myers, Julie Peterson, uh, Dr. Flora Young, Dr. Corana Corradudu. She's not here today. I hope some of you will reach out to her for the magnificent role that she played here at Rowan University and continues to play. Um, but those were some of the people in the, it was called, at that time, it was called the Black Professional Organization. Okay? 
uh, and it later became the Black Coalition, and I, I was the president of that for several uh, different years. Um, and then the second organization, as you might have guessed, was the AFT. Okay, And one of the things that was really helpful to me as a, an NTP, non-teaching professional starting at Rowan University, were two individuals, Dan Doherty, who was in the Counseling Center working where I worked, and Nick Schmelz. We were a part of the Counseling and Career Development Center at that time. And those two individuals mentored me about the way that politics of the job worked here at Rowan. Okay, such things as merit. Didn't hear about that very often. Um, so I wanted, to, I wanted to mention that. And um, so anyway, getting back to Dr. James, one of the things that I want to talk about is just some of the first, because not only was he the first black president at Rowan University and so far the only black president of Rowan University, but there were a number of things that happened on his watch, which I think have influenced the history of this university and as Lori said earlier, the way in which the university is now going forward. Okay, so I'll just mention a few of them briefly. We've talked about the gift a million times by now. You've heard it. She's talked about it. Dr. Hushman talked about it. But the gift, the gift of the Rowans, um, which as a spinoff of that, of course, was the engineering, right? The engineering college, the College of Communications. Um, the university achieved, achieved its doctoral programs uh, and became a university under Dr. James. Um, Campbell Library was built, bringing our library into the 21st century. The Recreation Center was established, remember that? Um, and then there's one thing that I don't think you know about because I, I doubt it was a very short uh, period of time that it happened, it was called PACE. Did anybody ever hear about PACE? Pre-college academic and career enrichment PACE, yeah. okay, yeah. which I directed, PACE. Just want you to know, that was under Dr. James, and it was a consortium of four colleges, Rutgers, Rowan, uh, Camden County College, and uh, the University of Medicine and Dentistry of New Jersey. This was long before STEM was ever even conceptualized, okay? Dr. James was a visionary, and he had the idea that to bring together science and business in South Jersey and to make uni Rowan University one of the, the center places where it would, would, would bring that to the community was an important role for the university to play. So the pre-college program that we were running was up in Camden, and the high schools involved were Woodrow Wilson and Camden High School, and that was a great opportunity for me. But I just wanted to give you those things to say that Dr. Herman James was a man for the times, for such a time as that, okay? So this final group, this group of seniors is sitting here with me today that is for such a time is you, okay? We're at a time in history where there's so much going on, you know, things like uh, really horrible bipartisanship in this country and, and um, things like banning books and things like cultural wars and uh, denying the history of our country and uh, global warming and... Uh, uh, just, just so many things that so many of us feel, still take to heart, and that we have so much to offer in terms of who we are as an organization. Not just the things that we need to do for ourselves to keep this organization active and a, and, and a uh, vital force for Rowan University, because we are Rowan, as someone else has also said, past, present, and future, okay? But also because 
I believe it was Chuck who said, we stand on the shoulders of giants. We never gave Chuck a hand for that. Could we give him a hand now? Okay. And I would just repeat that we stand on the shoulders of giants. Okay. Um, I believe it was June Jordan who said, we are the ones we are waiting for. All right. And we can do so much together. We can do so much together. And this is an organization that I'm proud to say that I am glad that I stepped up and became a member of this organization for such a time as this. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I, I told Julie, you know, do something that, you know, uh, at one point in time we actually did benedictions. You know, I think John Gallagher was the last person did a benediction. <laughs> last year, Marge Morris did a, a sort of an ending message. Uh, and I think Julie is standing on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, I, I don't really have that much more to say to you other than uh, we're working on a number of things. Uh, we will keep you aware of things. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to the Centennial Booklet. I'm looking forward to um, you know some of the things that we have on the back burners. And our strength is you. And I would say thank you for being here. And as they say in Ferris Bueller, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Oh, okay. We will. We also uh, have Derek. Okay, Derek has been here all day. He's recorded everything that we have to say. The podcast will be available in a couple of weeks. What it is, I will send that to you as a message. And I, I, I've enjoyed listening to the podcast that we had of last year's. Uh, you know, welcome back luncheon. And I'm sure that we're going to enjoy this one, even though it might be a little bit. Maybe, let's be honest, a lot disjointed because we weren't able to follow, you know, our um, you know program today. But everything that we wanted to do that was important, we did do, and that's what counts. Okay.